afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever the case may be, Mr. and Mrs. North America. This is Philip Terzian, literary editor of the Weekly Standard, with my weekly podcast on the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard. And this week we're looking at the books and arts section for the October 20th edition of the Weekly Standard. And our lead piece is a um, a little bit... Um, off the usual uh, path we take, which is a review, <clears throat> excuse me, of a book by Peter Thiel, the uh, founder of uh, PayPal, entitled Zero to One, Notes on Startups or How to Build the Future, by Peter Thiel with Blake Masters, published by Crown Business, and it is reviewed by someone who has an idea how to uh, evaluate such books. Jim Manzi, who's the founder and uh, chairman of Applied Predictive Technologies, which is, a, of course, a huge global software company. Um, I tend not to review um, business books, partly because um, uh, a lot of them uh, tend to uh, be directed in, or, or seem to be addressed to audiences that are um, pretty specialized, and of course, uh, as I think most successful businessmen would admit, um, there's a certain amount of luck involved, and you, you, you the, the formula and the moment and the, the way things are made and marketed all come together in just the right way, and you succeed while others fail. But Peter Thiel, uh, by contrast, has a number of interesting observations about uh, how one goes about um, uh, imagining the future in business and making it happen. Um, I think for a lot of us, um, entrepreneurship is a kind of mystery. You know, you you have an idea, you have a vision, um, um, but once you've jotted it down uh, with a pencil and paper, where do you go next? And it's an interesting um, uh, journey he takes, and he has a number of interesting observations and insights, and of course some useful advice with which uh, Jim Manzi is, is in a much better position than I am to evaluate. But it's an interesting piece, um, especially for someone like me whose, whose business acumen is close to zero um, and who can only look with uh, admiration uh, and wonderment at such things from a distance. Uh, here we have two people talking about something that's not only interesting in this form but, but uh, very important. And um, so I'm glad to have the piece and the book sounds very interesting, and I hope you will find it an interesting read. Even uh, and I say that as one who, who, as I say, usually doesn't doesn't uh, uh, I don't find myself attracted to books on on how to succeed in in business, but this is an important one. And a change of gears in our next piece by Stephen Schwartz, a frequent contributor to our pages. Um, it's a book called Mecca, the Sacred. City and the author is Ziauddin Sardar, um, and um, Mr. Sardar is a is a Briton of Pakistani background, and it's it's a little bit about um, well, it's mostly about the history of Mecca, which is of course the principal holy city for Muslims, but also the current situation in Mecca, which is a, a another. Uh, uh, subject all to itself, the current situation being not so much whether it's the holy city or not, but what's being 
done to it under the auspices of the Saudi government, where uh, Mecca, of course, being in Saudi Arabia and the, the Saudi uh, royal house regarding itself as the, as the um, custodian of the, of the sacred relics and of, the, and of Mecca itself. Mecca is, of course, a, um, of particular interest to, to non-Muslims, partly for two reasons. One is, I mean, it's intrinsically interesting in itself, given its its connection to the uh, really ancient history of Islam back in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth centuries and the origins of the various um, streams of Islam which are uh, exist today and are sometimes rather lethally at war with one another. Um, but also the fact that, of course, famously uh, a non-Muslim cannot visit Mecca and so it, uh, it always has a kind of mystery and intrigue uh, that... Um, other comparable cities may not necessarily have, which is probably a kind of artificial mystery, but there it is nonetheless. Um, and of course, the problem too with its present situation is that, curiously enough, even though the Saudis regard themselves as the custodian of the holy city, Wahhabism, which is the ruling doctrine of Saudi Islam, is very hostile to the idea of monuments and memorials. Uh, they, they regard such things as idolatry, and so things that are in Mecca, what we would regard as as sacred places, when I say we, I mean Westerners essentially, namely birthplaces, burial places, uh, buildings associated with the, the prophet and whatnot, um, they actually are hostile to, to such places precisely because they distract our attention from the, from the the holy book itself. So it's an interesting question. It, it helps us to some degree understand Islam as well as the the various uh, strains within Islam, um, where those and where those strains um, uh, uh, very much influence um, today's news. That is followed by a piece by Peter Tonged, another contributor um, of a book by a British journalist called. Jeff Dyer called Another Great Day at Sea. Uh, the Navy seems to have embarked on a program of inviting journalists to spend some time um, at sea on various um, uh, vessels, and uh, Dyer uh, spent time on the USS George H.W. Bush, which is an um, enormous American aircraft carrier. Um, our reviewer is a little bit... Uh, uh, impatient with Mr. Dyer because Mr. Dyer is an Englishman and like more than a few Englishmen regards American habits and mores with a certain um, uh, wonderment and impatience uh, perhaps even condescension occasionally and that that spills over into his into his account of life aboard the the bush and of course um, as anyone who's ever been the in the Navy is is wearily aware um, during World War One, the Secretary of the Navy, Josephus Daniels, who was a uh, teetotaler, very much a prohibitionist, banned alcohol on shipboard, a ban which has persisted unto the present day. And of course, um, to an English journalist, um, the enforced absence of alcohol is uh, almost, uh, is in some ways worse than uh, combat. So, that uh, clearly <laughs> influenced Mr. Dyer's perspective. Um, but Peter Tonget's review uh, is a kind of amusing overview of both life aboard a huge 
naval vessel as it is today, and also how such things appear to the eyes of outsiders. That is followed in turn by two interesting essays, one short, one long. The short one is a piece by Abby Schachter about the uh, HGTV uh, program called Rehab Addict. Uh, of course, television is now, uh, one might almost say, I don't know if it's dominated, but certainly has gone through a, a phase of uh, the, the reality TV phase is very much characterized the last decade or two. And the program Rehab Addict uh, stars a woman um, named Nicole Curtis, who who really is, rehab isn't quite the word, she's really more of a, of a historic restoration person. She takes houses often in in um, uh, downscale parts of the various American cities and restores them to their former architectural glory. I think anyone who drives through any American city knows that, that the housing stock of American cities often is quite extensive and historical, but the the, the social circumstances of neighborhoods mean that, that um, houses that um, would otherwise be uh, gems are often neglected and underpriced, and uh, and that, of course, is where gentrification comes in. And Nicole Curtis is sort of, I guess, the ultimate television gentrifier. And and the 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 piece by Abby Schachter talks a little bit about a struggle she's going through to try and save a particular house in Detroit, which could use all the help it can get. But I, I'm I have a soft spot for historic preservation and certainly the restoration of houses of his intrinsic architectural interest and it's all presented here in a very amusing um, and instructive way which is followed by a, an essay by um, Joseph Epstein on Herodotus the great Greek historian and um, his thesis of course Herodotus is regarded as the uh, sort of um, de facto the father of history but and much of what we know about the ancient world of course derives from from um, uh, people like Herodotus and Herodotus and and uh, Ovid and Cicero and others and and um, of course we assume and of course know that that people uh, like Herodotus and Thucydides and whatnot um, sometimes wrote from personal experience sometimes wrote from what they had been told, sometimes wrote from on the basis of oral history and oral tradition. And of course, anyone who's who's lived long enough in the present world knows that, that anybody's account of, of the recent past is, uh, one person's account of the recent past can be very different from another's. Um, and so it leaves you kind of wondering in the end um, what we can take from any classical historian other than admiration for their enterprise and ambition and, in the case of Herodotus, uh, his extraordinary style. Uh, style, of course, for us, those of us who don't read um, uh, classical Greek, um, which is probably more than a few of us, um, uh, we're dependent on English translations, and, of course, English translations or any translation, uh, can be very variable. But Herodotus, of course, like all great historians, is is worth reading not just for the information that he imparts or the mythology that he relates or the stories that he tells, um, but for the sheer um, fascination of a great human mind 
uh, thinking and writing two, three thousand uh, years ago. And Joseph Epstein brings this all to life in very interesting and entertaining ways, as usual. Uh, uh, our movie review this week from John Podhoritz is of Gone Girl, which is a uh, I think it's the number one film at the moment, um, which I guess is to the great relief of Hollywood, which has been having some problems with box office receipts. But um, Gone Girl, which has a couple of um, uh, uh, marquee names in it um, and also um, uh, has the time-tested formula of a sort of crazed female protagonist taking out her uh, wreaking revenge on an errant male and so on um, is a little more complicated than usual. And John, as always, has some very interesting and pertinent uh, observations about this, not only about the movie itself, but Gone Girl uh, as it stands in the long history of American cinema. A great read, as always. Uh, for which I thank you for your patience uh, in listening in, and I will. <clears throat> I very much look forward to talking to you again next week uh, for another edition of this, I hope, continuing podcast. Thanks very much. <laughs>